All right. Uh, tonight, I'd like to basically continue from where we were studying last time, but to do a little, little excursus. I, I want to look just a, a bit more uh, at the, the seed promise uh, and also uh, how it relates to uh, to the, the coming king and the, the Davidic uh, dynasty. And so I'd like to dig a little more into uh, Genesis uh, 49, uh, some of the poems, uh, Numbers 23 and 24, and we'll see how far we get. And then, Lord willing, next time uh, we'll get back to the judgments and we'll uh, look at God's judgment of the, the woman uh, and uh, probably also the, the man. And let's just uh, start in uh, prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening uh, that we can be together to study your word and I pray that you'd bless our time and that you'd uh, encourage us and uh, that we would see how uh, you began to fulfill your promises to the the woman and to Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob uh, concerning uh, their offspring, uh, the Israelites and uh, also the chosen uh, seed through the line of Judah uh, that would lead uh, first to King David, but uh, ultimately uh, to your son, uh, who is uh, the very uh, ultimate and ideal uh, Davidic king, and where all of the others uh, fell short of uh, your very greatest promises, uh, he fulfilled them all. And so uh, we thank you for these things and pray that you'd be uh, with us and uh, that you teach us and instruct us from your word and we pray in the name of your son amen now just to start off I'd just like to review a little bit uh, with the uh, offspring uh, and we basically said that it was referring generally uh, to uh, the, the serpent's offspring his progeny and the woman's offspring her progeny uh, a cho- chosen righteous offspring uh, in that it uh, extended all the way from uh, Abel and Seth uh, and Cain who is the offspring of the, the serpent uh, all the way throughout Genesis uh, all the way uh, throughout the, the Pentateuch the five books of Moses all the way to uh, Revelation and if we want to know who are in this uh, specific chosen line uh, the individuals, well, we have to keep, keep reading, and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there uh, over, over time and see that it uh, ultimately is uh, leading to, to a, a king. Uh, and also, we use the word, I realized, ultimate too much. We, we need some synonyms, but I uh, is listening to uh, Michael Brown. He's a Christian apologist, and uh, he's a Messianic Jew, and so he's done a lot of witnessing to uh, Jewish people. Uh, And he was saying that uh, Christ, I think this is a really good way of putting it, when it comes to the the kings and uh, and the the prophets uh, and the offspring of of Abraham and Israelites, well, there there isn't just one because God is going to fill the world with the woman's offspring. She is going to be fruitful and multiply and uh, fill the the world. Uh, And uh, the kings uh, begin with uh, David. Uh, and and there, there are kings uh, along the line. And uh, also there, there were prophets uh, with Moses and uh, people like Elijah and Elisha. 
However, uh, he said that Christ is the ideal Davidic king. He's the ideal prophet. Uh, he's, he's the ideal Israelite and offspring of Abraham. Uh, where they failed to accomplish all that God had purposed for, for them, uh, he himself uh, accomplishes it uh, and stands in their place. Uh, and those who trust in God and in his promises are then united uh, to uh, him, uh, and they conquer uh, through him. And so I, I think that's a really good way of putting it so that we don't miss that David is kind of really important, uh, as we'll be talking about. Uh, I could see uh, Christians, and uh, maybe in the past, I, I could see maybe myself even even doing this. Uh, you might see Genesis 49 and uh, Numbers 24 quoted in the New Testament, and you might just assume, well, this just must be a, a simple a direct one-to-one prophecy and have nothing to do with anyone else. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you're talking with a Jewish person and uh, you get into to Genesis 49 and you're like, no, no, it has nothing to do with David. Nothing to do with David whatsoever. Uh, th- this is all about, uh, about Jesus Christ. Uh, nothing to do with David. Well, you just shot yourself in the foot. Uh, David has everything to do with, you know, his, his ultimate heir and descendant. Uh, God was creating a whole dynasty, an everlasting dynasty. And so we don't want to miss uh, the, the trajectory uh, that's going to develop throughout all of uh, Scripture uh, and to overlook that. Uh, and so basically we, we said that the offspring uh, re- refi- refers a generally uh, or, or maybe you could even say a generically to uh, the woman's chosen offspring, but we'll see the individuals along the line. And so it's kind of similar, uh, maybe not completely, uh, but to a statement like, uh, in the United States, uh, the president is the leader of the executive branch. We're, we're referring generally to the, the president uh, in there almost as a, a class of, uh, of individuals who who uh, fulfill that, but we, we don't have just one in mind. It would be any uh, that, that fulfilled that. Uh, or uh, we could say uh, in Israel, uh, the prophet is God's authoritative spokesman. Uh, the true prophet speaks for God, while the false prophet speaks for himself. And so that's just referring generally uh, to, to basically a, a class uh, of, of people. And we kind of have a same thing going on with, uh, with offspring here where it's, uh, it's uh, general, but we'll see the, the specifics as we keep uh, reading uh, along and see it uh, narrow and narrow to the Israelites and to uh, the king. Uh, and so then we, we could say uh, also uh, in Genesis and the Pentateuch, the woman's offspring uh, will oppose the serpent and his offspring uh, will oppose the serpent and his uh, offspring. And we can apply that to to all of scripture. Uh, And then just before uh, looking at a a few few examples of offspring uh, being used uh, elsewhere, it's important to recognize that in Hebrew, uh, when it comes to like a collective or a group, uh, they will use the singular very, very often. Uh, it, it's extremely common, far more uh, than in English. And so that's why it's important uh, to 
uh, actually, uh, if you know any Hebrew, not just to learn uh, what people say about grammar, but to actually read it. If, if you read a lot of it, uh, for instance, like in Isaiah, you'll see that, that they use it extremely often. It's, it's nothing uh, unordinary. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, then sometimes uh, we're, you might have a scholar uh, that says, well, it's in the singular, so you know this can only be a, a single, specific, identifiable individual sometime in the future. Uh, that's just not the case. And uh, as we saw with many examples all the way from Abel uh, throughout, throughout uh, to, to Noah and Shem and Ham, uh, we saw the, uh, the, the battle and opposition play out between the serpent and uh, between uh, her offspring. Uh, and also, uh, as we'll see with the judgments of the man and the woman, uh, their judgments will apply throughout their lives and throughout history. It has cosmic consequences for, for all of history. Uh, but I, I just want to make one correction. Uh, last time, I said that uh, Judah's son, Zerah, uh, was in the righteous uh, line as far as the king goes. Uh, I uh, misread that, uh, and uh, my, my memory failed. And so it was Perez uh, that, that's in the, the kingly line, uh, as we'll be uh, seeing. And Zerah, uh, although it's uh, transliterated in English in a way that's very similar uh, to uh, how you transliterate the, the word seed in Hebrew, but doesn't mean seed. Uh, as Matthew says, uh, it has more to do with uh, donning or shining. Uh, and he, he, uh, he, it looked like he was going to be born first, and uh, uh, the, the nurse tied a scarlet thread around his uh, hand, but then his, his brother was born uh, first and came through, his twin brother, Perez, and his name uh, basically means, as Matthew says, a breach or breakthrough, like, like breaching a, a wall. Uh, and, uh, coming through. He, he was born first, and so he is in the, the Davidic line and not his uh, brother. And then I'd, I'd just like to uh, read a, a few uh, verses uh, just to show offspring being used in a, a similar sort of general way uh, in other places of Scripture, and we, we could multiply examples and look at other things uh, because it's so common in Hebrew, but uh, I'll j just give you a, a number of them. I'm taking it from the uh, American Standard uh, Version, uh, which was at the, the beginning of the, uh, I think it was 1901 uh, that was produced, just because it's a little more wooden in literal, and so it captures it uh, sometimes a little better. So uh, Genesis 22, verses 17 uh, through 18. Uh, that in blessing uh, I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand uh, which is upon the seashore, and thy seed it shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed uh, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed uh, my voice. Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, it's general uh, there, uh, and you have to keep reading along to see how, the, how this, uh, how this com comes about, uh, that they will possess the, the gate of their uh, enemies. Uh, let's see, Numbers 14, verse 24. 
Uh, but I'll just read them. We, we'll go through an, uh, a number of them. Uh, but my servant Caleb, uh, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him I will bring into the land whereinto he went. Uh, and his seed, it shall possess it, the land. I'm just adding it to show it's singular uh, in, in these things. His seed, Caleb, uh, because he didn't give a false re report, uh, he and Joshua, like the other spies about the land of Canaan, saying, don't go into it, the people are too mighty. God's saying, he's going to enter. Uh, all the other people are going to die uh, in the wilderness. Uh, and he says, and his seed, it shall possess it, uh, the, the land. Uh, and so it's just looking generally at his progeny that's going to come uh, after him. Uh, so it's very, very general. And doesn't have a, a specific, one specific descendant uh, in view. On Deuteronomy 4, uh, verse 37, uh, And because he loved thy fathers, uh, therefore he chose their seed after them, and brought thee out with his presence, with his great power, out of Egypt. And so he's referring to them actually with a singular you uh, in, uh, in Hebrew. And they are, they're the, they're the seed. They're the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the Israelites. He brought them uh, out of uh, Egypt to, to bring them uh, into the land. On Isaiah 41, uh, verses 8 through 10. Uh, but thou, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, thou whom I have taken hold of from the ends of the earth and called from the corners thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help thee. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And so he's referring generally to, to Israel. And in Hebrew, they have a singular you. He's addressing them. Uh, and he's really addressing them because he's looking forward to the Babylonian captivity that he's going to bring them out. And he's comforting them, saying he hasn't forsaken them. Uh, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Then we'll, we'll just, how about uh, maybe two more uh, from Isaiah. Isaiah 48, uh, verses 18 through 19. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring, it, would have been like the sand, and your descendants like its grains. Uh, their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. And so he's referring uh, to them. If, if the Israelites, if they had obeyed him, uh, then, uh, uh, as he says, uh, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring, it uh, would have been like the sand. And so that's, that's many. And yet he's referring to it in the singular because it's, it's general and uh, he can do that. But then he can switch to the plural. And your descendants like its grains. 
uh, and he, he can swap uh, between the two. And then uh, just lastly, uh, Isaiah 54 uh, verses 1 through 3. And this is actually after the, the suffering servant uh, redeems his people, the exalted and suffering servant who uh, bore the, the sins of, of many. Uh, sing, O barren, uh, or I think it's O, o barren one. And he's referring to, uh, to uh, Israel in, in Jerusalem, the, the city, kind of personifying it. Uh, sing, O barren one. Uh, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, uh, saith Yahweh. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. And so uh, expand your tent. Make, make room. Make room. Uh, for uh, thou shalt spread abroad on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed it shall possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. So again, we're referring uh, generally uh, to the, the seed, but in the singular, but who are going to populate it. Uh, these are uh, chosen, uh, believing uh, Israelites who are going to uh, populate it. Uh, and we could uh, multiply examples again and again and look at other words other than uh, offspring, uh, seed, uh, just because it's extremely, extremely common in Hebrew and far more uh, than in uh, English. And now I'd, I'd like to go to uh, Genesis 49. We'll be uh, looking uh, just briefly at, at some of these uh, prophecies uh, that uh, deal with the, the coming uh, king, uh, but also uh, blessings for all of the, the tribes and the, the whole nation of uh, Israel, along with their uh, king. Uh, and just to remind you about what comes and leads up to Genesis 49, uh, we started with the, the creation and God providing uh, for his creatures everything they could ever need to, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, to uh, enjoy his provision of life and abundant food and uh, everything uh, that they uh, possibly needed, and uh, to even live into the very uh, presence of, of God and to uh, serve as his uh, stewards. And as uh, Albert uh, Moeller has said, uh, he basically created the earth to be a a garden. It was to be tended by humanity, uh, very much like a garden. Nature wasn't to be uh, left uh, alone. Uh, but uh, we've been reading about the, the fall uh, into sin of the man and the woman, uh, in the judgment and the curse uh, that were uh, introduced, uh, which upset everything and created a basically a battle between good and evil with the, the spirit and her chosen, or the serpent and her uh, chosen uh, offspring uh, and also uh, making the even animals uh, dangerous and the, the earth uh, turning up thorns and thistles and uh, introducing uh, death into the creation instead of uh, life 
Uh, and so now the hope is that uh, God will overcome uh, sin, evil, and the serpent uh, and restore blessing to his creation uh, through uh, the chosen offspring uh, of the, the woman. Uh, and so he's going to uh, preserve her offspring. There's still hope that they will enjoy the, the fullness of God's presence and, and provision. He, he's going to uh, restore it so that they will have many offspring that, that fill the earth ultimately. Uh, they, uh, he will provide them uh, with life as he originally was going to uh, and, and food. And uh, they, they will, their offspring uh, will have dominion over the earth uh, one day uh, and they will live in the, the presence of God. And so now, uh, as we've al- already covered, uh, the chosen line uh, begins with uh, Abel, and because Cain killed him, uh, Seth, uh, and then through Noah, and uh, humanity was, was wiped out, and then through uh, Shem, uh, Shem was blessed, but uh, Ham's son Canaan and his, those who followed him, the Canaanites, were uh, cursed. Uh, and then uh, to... Uh, Abraham and the patriarchs. Uh, And Abraham and the patriarchs are extremely, uh, extremely important uh, because to them, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, and their offspring after them, uh, God promised that he would bless them, that he would multiply them, uh, that he would make them into a great nation, Uh, that he would give them uh, the land of their sojourning. So an offspring with the land, uh, many offspring, uh, which makes a great nation uh, in the very midst of of the land that they were sojourning, Israel, Canaan, it'd be later Israel, uh, that he would cause them, uh, their their offspring, uh, to possess the gates of their enemies. And so to conquer them, to subdue uh, the the wayward uh, nations around them. Uh, and that uh, he would be their God and they would be his people. They would enjoy his presence. He is going to restore uh, the creation blessing. That's what Israel is all about. That's why they were going into the, the land as the man and the woman were in the garden. Uh, they went into the land of Israel to dwell in the presence of God. Uh, and then finally he promised that he would make them a blessing to all of the nations of the earth. And so God's blessing would be for all of creation and would be ultimately uh, restored uh, to all. Uh, And then after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, we see Jacob's 12 uh, sons, uh, which form the the 12 tribes of uh, Israel. And they're of the the chosen uh, offspring, and especially believers who are within that uh, that line, but there's a very specific line which we're now going to trace uh, that goes through Judah, uh, and when it comes to the kingship, it's to Judah, not to uh, his eleven brothers, and it's through his son Perez, uh, not uh, Zerah. And now, this brings us uh, to uh, the end of Jacob's life. Uh, where 
is expecting for them to be sojourners in the land of Egypt for uh, for uh, 400 uh, years, and they would be uh, oppressed uh, during uh, much of that time. Uh, and it's at the, the end of his uh, life, uh, which uh, Eugene Merrill puts, uh, I believe, around uh, 1859 uh, B.C., uh, and here is the, the first of like the, the really major poems uh, that are uh, in the Pentateuch that are introduced uh, by uh, first uh, uh, the, a speaker, uh, so Jacob in this one, uh, Balaam in Numbers, and Moses in Deuteronomy, uh, and they uh, announce for people to listen, and they're going to tell what's going to happen in the latter days, and uh, that Hebrew expression basically means the, the days to come, the, the days to follow. So looking, looking to the, the future. Uh, and here, uh, Jacob uh, blesses, and it's really part of a prophecy, he blesses uh, each of his sons, and it helps characterize uh, what the tribes are going to be like uh, in, uh, in the, the days to come and in the, the future as the, the monarchy is uh, established. And so let's uh, begin in verse 2. Uh, Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power, unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence uh, because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. And here, we're, we're not really going to get into them because we're going to focus on uh, Judah. But it's important to point out that Reuben was his firstborn. And so you'd expect with the, the firstborn that he would have the birthright of the firstborn. He would have the, the blessing, the, the double portion of the inheritance. But uh, because of his uh, wicked deeds in trying to make uh, one of uh, Jacob's concubines his own wife and committing adultery, uh, now he says, you shall not have a preeminence. It's, it's taken away from, uh, from Reuben and from the, uh, the tribe. Uh, and if we actually had read earlier, uh, Joseph's two sons, uh, Ephraim and uh, Manasseh, uh, they actually uh, get the, the, the blessing, kind of the material blessing of the uh, firstborn. But with Judah, we'll see he gets the, the rulership. Then uh, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men, and in their willfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. Uh, in Shechem, uh, they massacred some, uh, some people uh, because they, uh, they uh, basically... Uh, son, uh, a son that lived there 
uh, rape one of his uh, daughters, and so they, they massacred the whole lot of people uh, in, in violence. And so now they will be divided in Jacob and uh, scattered uh, in Israel, which the, the tribes were, uh, the Levites, uh, they served at the, the temple, but they lived in different parts throughout the, uh, the land. Uh, in different cities, and so they didn't have their own territory. Uh, and Simeon was uh, in the, the region of uh, Judah. This brings us to Judah. Uh, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. Uh, from the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stood down, he crouched as a lion, and as a lioness who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. We'll stop there. Uh, first, we see that he's preeminent among all of his brothers as far as uh, the, the kingship and the authority to rule uh, goes. Judah, your brother shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down uh, before you. Uh, and so he's the very preeminent one uh, with whom the, the king will be in all of the, the tribes uh, that will uh, that will. Uh, serve and look uh, to Judah. And just showing his ferocity, uh, Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as a lioness, who dares rouse him? And then uh, we come to the, the promise of the, the kingship and authority to rule uh, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. And the scepter was the symbol of authority uh, and power uh, to rule uh, and reign uh, on the, the throne uh, that the, the king uh, would, would hold and have. And the same as the, the ruler's staff uh, between his feet. And so we're expecting uh, the kingship to be uh, with uh, Judah uh, as we look at uh, David and how, how these promises uh, unfold, beginning with David, but ultimately uh, going uh, to Christ, who is the, the very ideal uh, Davidic uh, king and the, the very fiercest of, of all of them. And the, the, it says, the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him uh, shall be uh, the obedience of the peoples. Uh, in this, we'll, we'll be dealing with uh, more. There, there's a textual variant. Uh, and so uh, some would have uh, that this, the scepter won't depart from Judah until it comes to him to whom it belongs. Uh, and so uh, some then would say that's a singular individual. And so it's a, a singular uh, ideal king that's going to uh, come uh, in the, the future. Uh, otherwise, the, the other, and the, there are some other uh, possibilities, but the, these are the, the two most likely. Uh, I think that the tribute uh, is actually 
uh, a bit a bit more likely. But when we get to Genesis 49, uh, we'll look at the strengths of, of both uh, views uh, here. But it's important to recognize that the Messianic promises don't just hinge on a textual variant where, oh no, you have one or the other, we lose the Messiah. Well, no, the, 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 it's all about the anointed king. And when you look at the covenants and promises, they're so grand that uh, David is only the very first fruits uh, of them. Uh, and so then uh, we will not depart uh, the scepter and rule until tribute comes to him, uh, to the tribe, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. And uh, this isn't saying that the tribe's rule is uh, temporary, and once these things happen, uh, suddenly it, it's gone, someone else's turn to, to rule. But it means that his rule will culminate in all of the nations and peoples uh, serving him uh, in uh, really uh, on a very ultimate and complete level looking at the promises all of the earth all of the the nations which stretch far beyond uh, David uh, and to him shall be the obedience of the of the peoples and so really it's the end it's the goal it's the the zenith and culmination of uh, his rule over all of the the earth and uh, then finally uh, just showing how rich he is uh, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine uh, he has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of graves his eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk uh, and we won't go through the rest but uh, he, Jacob then goes through uh, all of the, the tribes and characterizes them and, and blesses them, uh, showing uh, what, uh, how they will prosper in the, the days uh, to come. So that even in verse 28 it says, All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. This is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each with the blessing suitable to him. Now, I'd, I'd just like to think uh, how uh, David uh, fits into this line, is the very very beginnings and first fruits of these uh, promises. And so, especially where it says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him uh, shall be the obedience uh, of the, the peoples. Uh, really, we, we see uh, throughout Scripture in First and Second Samuel uh, that David's uh, lineage uh, begins with the, the tribe uh, of uh, Judah. Uh, this is the very beginning of uh, the, the kingdom, uh, in the the rule, uh, and even tracing through uh, the, the end of the book of Ruth, uh, at the very ending of Ruth in chapter four, uh, it says, uh, "Now these are the generations of Perez." That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? It's a Toledo account. These are the generations uh, of Perez. Uh, that's uh, Judah's son uh, through whom the 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 promise uh, is the 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 chosen promised kingly line uh, now these are the generations of Perez uh, Perez fathered Hezron Hezron fathered uh, Ram 
Ram fathered uh, Aminadab, Aminadab uh, fathered Nashon, uh, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz, uh, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Uh, and Ruth married a Boaz. It's all about how uh, in God's providence, uh, a faithful Moabitess who trusted in uh, Yahweh and joined his people, how uh, she uh, f- fulfilled uh, the uh, the 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 place and, and, and gave seed uh, to for uh, well not seed but uh, Boaz he was the kinsman uh, redeemer if, if you've read uh, Ruth Naomi's uh, two sons died but uh, Ruth uh, came with her uh, and preserved uh, the the offspring uh, for Naomi for her family for those sons uh, through Boaz and there was actually a nearer kinsman redeemer uh, but. Uh, he rejected and denied it. And so it went uh, to uh, the most unlikely person, uh, Boaz uh, and Ruth, a Moabitess, through whom God's uh, promises come of the the coming uh, king for his kingdom, uh, to bless his people and to bless all the nations of of the earth. And so David belongs to the chosen line of uh, Perez. And then uh, in 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel really looks at the foundation of the monarchy, uh, the kingship in uh, Israel, uh, and the exaltation of God's uh, first uh, anointed king uh, and his, his promises. Uh, and in First Samuel, you can really call it like a tale of two kings, uh, almost, uh, because first you you begin with Saul, but actually we, we see this uh, with uh, Hannah. Uh, Hannah has a prayer in chapter two. Now I'll just read the the last uh, two lines in uh, verse ten of what Hannah says. It's kind of like the the poems that were actually looking at that they're very important for God's uh, kingly promises about his uh, anointed king Uh, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces against them he will thunder in heaven the Lord will judge the ends of the earth he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed and some some even uh, say that maybe it should be more um, where she's actually saying uh, exalt the horn of your anointed or, or may, may God exalt the horn of his uh, anointed call, calling him to, to do it but uh, here we see he will give str- uh, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed uh, and really for, for the Old Testament uh for the, for the whole Bible, the word anointed appears more times uh, in the books of uh, Samuel uh, than uh, really uh, anywhere else, uh, unless maybe you take uh, the title Christ when it says Jesus Christ, which means uh, anointed. Um, and the, then you'd, you'd see more in the, the New Testament, but it's just all the way throughout who is a God's anointed. 
And now, really, this verse is pro programmatic for the, for the rest of the, the book. Uh, Bob was talking about programmatic. It's really thematic uh, for, for the entire book. That's what, this is what Samuel is all about, God giving strength to his king and exalting uh, the horn of his anointed. And uh, this all begins with uh, the, the people uh, asking uh, for, for a king and uh, really uh, demanding uh, one. And God uh, had said that he would give them a king uh, one day. He, he had told that to, to Moses and said that the, the people may even ask for a king. Uh, however, uh, the pr there is a problem because uh, it seems that it wasn't God's timing when they asked. And even more importantly, their motivations were completely wrong. Uh, they wanted a king so they could be like the rest of the nations, uh, the nations that were in rebellion uh, against God. And so God said that really uh, they had rejected me uh, as their uh, king over them. But he gave them a king anyway. And so uh, for the, the first king, because uh, they wanted one, he gave them Saul. And in uh, 1 Samuel chapter uh, 9, verses 1 and 2, uh, we see that Saul is from the tribe of Benjamin. If you think about Genesis 49 and, and the lineage we've been following, the, the kingship is supposed to be with Judah. And so that's part of the, the tension that goes on in Samuel. Uh, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, a son of Zeror, son of Abekorov, son of Aphia, a Benjaminite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. Uh, there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Yeah, that's a king. <laughs> Shoulders upward, taller than, than all the rest. That, that's the kind of king we're, we're looking for. And uh, maybe in movies, kind of, uh, I think they wore their hair short, but, uh, you know, long, dark locks and, uh, you know, and a, a chin that's chiseled and sticking out to, you know, yay, uh, this far. And uh, that's, that's our kind of guy. Um, however, uh, Saul... Uh, was not man after God's own heart. Uh, Saul sinned uh, repeatedly and would not obey a God. Uh, and he sinned by offering uh, false sacrifices uh, instead of waiting uh, for the prophet Samuel. Uh, he got impatient because Samuel was a bit late and he offered sacrifices himself and acted on uh, his own uh, apart from uh, God's authoritative spokesman. Uh, also, uh, in defeating the Amalekites, uh, he wiped out uh, the women and children and uh, all of the, the weak and destroyed their cities. But uh, he preserved uh, he preserved the, the riches and the uh, cattle and sheep and uh, preserved the king uh, of uh, the Amalekites, uh, Agag. Uh, that was a name for uh, king that we'll be seeing in uh, Numbers 24. Uh, but he didn't obey God to uh, completely wipe out the Amalekites and to uh, destroy uh, the, the king. Uh, and so a uh, God uh, rejected him for his many, many sins and uh, took away his spirit and even gave him an evil spirit. 
But then he chose David, a, a Judean. Uh, and in First uh, Samuel 16, uh, verse 1, uh, we see God speaking to Samuel the prophet. Uh, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse uh, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among uh, his sons. Fill the horn with oil uh, to anoint uh, the king. And God would also anoint him with his uh, spirit. He's God's uh, anointed one. The, the kings were uh, anointed and chosen uh, by God. Uh, and then uh, in verses uh, 6 through 13, uh, we see the, the choice uh, sizing up uh, his brothers. Uh, uh, when they came, uh, he, Samuel, looked on Eliab and thought, uh, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But uh, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Uh, then Jesse called uh, Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, uh, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Uh, then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he s said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Uh, and Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Uh, then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, uh, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now uh, he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. Uh, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Uh, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went uh, to Ramah. And so uh, along his uh, genealogy, uh, God chose not uh, Saul, uh, the Benjaminite, but he to uh, chose David uh, from uh, the tribe of Judah, uh, to whom uh, the scepter uh, belongs. And now in Second uh, Samuel uh, 7, Uh, we even see uh, that after uh, God has given the kingdom to uh, David uh, and he has subdued uh, a number of his uh, enemies, uh, David built a house for himself uh, and wanted to build a house, a temple for, for God. Uh, but uh, God ends up saying uh, that, you know, are you going to build me a house? Uh, God's the one who, uh, who graciously acts. And so he's going to build... David a house, a, a dynasty, uh, and as a scholar D.A. Carson uh, says, that when it comes to these moments in salvation history, uh, God is basically saying, uh, it's not for you uh, to act, but I'm the one who takes the initiative when it comes to these uh, great uh, moments in salvation 
history, bringing about a place for him to dwell uh, with his people uh, in the land. And so, uh, let's see, let's start in verse 4. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people from, of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, uh, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you uh, wherever you went, and have cut off all of your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. And now, so far, we see the first fruits of God planting his people Israel in the time of David and giving them reprieve from, from their enemies. However, this shows that uh, in the, the, the very biggest sense that eventually it's going to be no more, uh, never again. It's looking to their peace and security. And with David and Solomon, it was only a temporary uh, because uh, the uh, judgment came upon the people again. And so now regarding his uh, house, his uh, dynasty, uh, that will follow him, he says, uh, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers. Now, just an important thing to point out, this is the context in which he's initially going to raise up uh, his offspring after him. Uh, when his days are fulfilled or full uh, and he uh, lies down with his fathers and so we're looking at uh, the the time uh, when he's coming to his death at the the end of his uh, life this is when he's going to raise up his uh, first offspring I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom he comes from his body And so here we see that the word offspring isn't being used generally, but it's being used very specifically uh, for uh, Solomon, who's going to uh, come after him. Uh, He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom uh, forever. Uh, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son Uh, When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away uh, before you. And so Solomon does build a temple. He builds a house uh, for uh, for God. 
Uh, he builds a house. Uh, God also says, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, uh, just as he does for, uh, for David. Uh, the line is going to continue. The dynasty uh, will uh, continue after uh, David and after Solomon. I will be to him a father, and he shall be uh, to me uh, a son. Uh, I can post some lectures from D.A. Carson that goes into this a little more, but this sonship language would be used uh, for uh, like a functional idea where uh, in those days, uh, as Carson explains, uh, basically sons almost always did what their fathers did uh, because there's very little social mobility. And so if the father was a carpenter, the son was a carpenter. If the father was a fisherman, the son was a fisherman. Uh, if the father was a king, uh, the son was a king, and an heir. And so here, a God is basically saying that uh, since God is the ultimate king and ruler over his people, uh, Solomon is going to uh, reign and rule on his behalf uh, in his place. It, it really goes back to the, the image of God that, uh, that we've uh, seen. He, he's going to give him a dominion to, to rule as God would have him rule uh, and he shall be to me uh, a son and it's also uh, relational uh, too uh, in uh, how God the love that he shows from but also how he punishes him uh, when he disobeys uh, when he commits iniquity I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men um, I think there are three times if you read in the uh, uh, first ten chapters of uh, of first kings uh, with Solomon's reign uh, after he sins three times it says God raised up you know this man this fellow to uh, uh, basically to punish him uh, to bring punishment and judgment on Solomon because he rebelled but my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away from before you and so here this is the difference between uh, David's house and Saul's house. Uh, when Saul rebelled, God brought an utter end to his house and even uh, killed and judged those uh, who, uh, who could have been his heirs uh, of his throne and his uh, dynasty. He utterly wiped him out and obliterated him. But when it comes to David of Judah and his house, even though... Uh, his offspring, Solomon, uh, rebel against God. God uh, will, his steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away uh, before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. And so it's an everlasting covenant, everlasting rule for uh, the Davidic uh, dynasty uh, and the, the king that we see in Genesis 49 uh, here, here it begins uh, with in the tribe of Judah but God says uh, this uh, is uh, forever uh, this covenant uh, as D.A. Carson says and this, this is something that I remember thinking about when I was uh, reading through uh, this very covenant and thinking these things through well how is this going to work uh, either on the one hand uh, he's just going to have 
uh, one descendant after another, uh, good descendant after good descendant after good descendant, uh, everlasting, forever and ever and ever and ever, uh, who die and die, but they're, they're all good. And, uh, and so uh, the, the, the kingdom will, will go on for, forever that, that way. But of course that doesn't happen. Uh, even uh, David greatly disappoints. Uh, David uh, committed adultery with uh, Bathsheba, uh, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Uh, he then had uh, Uriah sent to the front lines of the battles uh, to have him uh, killed and then to draw away. Uh, so that he would be killed to cover up, cover this up. Uh, he then lied and covered up his sin of murder uh, and adultery uh, that he had committed. Uh, and from that, uh, judgment came upon him, even though God covered his sins and forgave him, and David was repentant. Uh, his house was filled with violence and bloodshed, uh, and his firstborn Amnon uh, raped his sister. Uh, his maybe the, the next uh, in line, uh, Absalom uh, eventually had his brother Amnon murdered uh, because David would not uh, act uh, and, and avenge and punish uh, this uh, wickedness that he had committed, maybe because it was his firstborn. Uh, and then uh, with, with Absalom, uh, things basically came to a civil war and he uh, he sought to usurp and take the, the kingdom uh, away from David. Uh, and as far as Bathsheba, uh, her first son uh, with David, uh, because of David's sin, uh, he uh, died. Uh, God took his life as a punishment of, uh, for, for uh, David and for his sin. And uh, It's God who has the authority uh, to... Uh, take one's life. All of our days are numbered, and so he took uh, his life very early. But their second son uh, was Solomon, uh, and uh, the uh, name uh, that God uh, gives him, uh, basically uh, in in English, uh, if you, you bring it into English, uh, God Himself uh, names uh, Solomon. Actually, maybe we can just look it up quickly. Let's go to Second uh, Samuel chapter eleven, actually twelve. So uh, verse uh, twenty-two. Uh, he said, uh, David, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Uh, referring to his uh, first son with Bathsheba. Then read the next two verses. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her, and she bore a son. And he called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him and sent a message by Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Um, it says the Lord loved him 
uh, and sends a message by Nathan. And so God himself names Solomon, just as a father would name a child, a Jedidiah, uh, which is the ESV says uh, means a beloved of the Lord. Uh, he shall be as a son to me, and I shall be to him as a father. And so here uh, God uh, shows love for uh, Solomon, and he uh, chose him because this was the offspring that God chose, even though he wasn't David's firstborn, uh, just as David wasn't the firstborn. It's, it's very rare that God ever chooses the firstborn of anyone. He chooses the humblest and most uh, lowly of uh, people, uh, because then it shows it's uh, all of all of God and all of Him, and it's uh, by His grace. It's a, a free gift uh, that God uh, saves and God raises up kings. And so uh, there uh, we see that uh, Solomon went on to become king, uh, and although he was the very wisest of all men, uh, he fell into sin and idolatry. Uh, with his many foreign wives. Uh, he did what uh, was said not to do. I believe in Deuteronomy chapter 17 for the kings, uh, not to uh, multiply uh, chariots uh, from Egypt, uh, not to uh, multiply uh, many wives, not to multiply silver and gold so that their heart would be lured and enticed away by those things instead of trusting in, in God, but trusting in material things. And uh, Solomon's uh, heart was led astray, but uh, God still, even though he divided the kingdom uh, between uh, Judah and uh, Israel, the, the other tribes to the north, uh, after him with his son uh, Rehoboam, uh, God still uh, preserved uh, a seed on his throne uh, in the tribe of Judah because the kingship and the dynasty and God's promises belong to Judah and to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and to David uh, in his uh, covenant. Uh, and those things uh, start to make you think uh, when you even see in Deuteronomy that uh, it says these curses are going to come upon the, the king and he's going to be cast out and you're going to be cast out of the land uh, with him. It starts to make you wonder how is it uh, that God's promises uh, will ever be uh, fulfilled? And then, looks actually like we are running out of time. And so maybe, maybe we'll extend it next week and we'll look at Numbers uh, 23 and 24. And we, we can look at just a, a little more, but then we'll get, be getting back uh, into uh, into the, the judgments and finish up chapter 3 in Genesis. But the reason I, I wanted to do this was so that uh, we could uh, start to see how these promises begin to unfold uh, because these poems dealing with the, uh, the, the king uh, and with the tribes and God's blessing for them and his uh, ultimate blessing that he's going to bring to all of creation, uh, it's really these things that are kind of the glue that hold the five books of Moses together. Uh, all of Genesis is heading toward Genesis 49. Uh, but then it goes into uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, uh, and it's, it's looking toward uh, the coming king and the coming kingdom, uh, awaiting for the Israelites uh, to uh, come uh, into the land that God has uh, prepared for them to, uh, to give them. And uh, really, once they are there, 
you, you almost see uh, on some, some level kind of a recapitulation of the, the garden as we uh, alluded to earlier where uh, the man and the woman uh, they were in the garden uh, in the presence of God uh, with his uh, provision for them uh, and they had the tree of life on the one hand and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, on the uh, other and so they could basically choose they had life and death uh, before them uh, either they trusted in God and obeyed him or uh, they would rebel uh, and act independently of him and judgment would come upon them uh, and with the Mosaic Covenant uh, with the blessings and cursings uh, that we can uh, look at uh, another time uh, Moses uh, bas basically says uh, that I have set before you a life and death blessing and cursing uh, choose life uh, obey a God so that your days are long uh, in the land uh, but uh, we also know because Moses said that and when these curses come upon you because they are going to come upon you because uh, you're stiff-necked hard-hearted people uh, and you God hasn't yet circumcised all of your uh, hearts uh, he talks about one day when God will circumcise their hearts and they they will uh, repent and trust in him and he will bring them uh, back to the land and ultimately a God uh, will be uh, their king and uh, that's where we start to see uh, with the just grandeur and magnificence of the promises the, the expectations of yes uh, David uh, began to fulfill some of these things and uh, for an earthly sinful king uh, he was uh, one of the best uh, but as far as God's promises go we're looking for a king that is far far greater uh, than David uh, ever ever uh, was and so uh, let's just close uh, in prayer Heavenly Father I thank you for your word and uh, for this word that you've spoken through through Moses and, uh, that you've uh, brought about by uh, your Holy Spirit just thank you for the wisdom of your word and uh, all of its uh, details, how uh, it looks at really one plan of uh, salvation all along and that uh, you uh, have always, uh, all the way back from the beginning, have been uh, bringing about uh, your purpose to, uh, to destroy sin and evil and the serpent and uh, all of those who are unrighteous and rebel against you and also uh, to restore a blessing uh, through the offspring of the woman her uh, chosen offspring uh, through whom uh, come the Israelites and uh, through whom comes the uh, Davidic king and the Davidic kingdom and ultimately your uh, one true ideal king who fulfills uh, all of your uh, promises and blessings and uh, covenants uh, to uh, restore your blessing uh, to all of the earth and uh, your rule over all of creation and uh, 
uh, we thank you uh, for your son. Uh, we thank you that uh, he is the perfect God-man, the one who lived uh, sinlessly, uh, only lived in, in righteousness and always did your will, and that uh, he also uh, died uh, on a cross to uh, bear uh, our sins and the sins of all who uh, repent and uh, trust in him alone. Uh, he is the only Savior and only mediator uh, between uh, God and man. And uh, We thank you that uh, he rose again and uh, that he ascended to your right hand and that uh, he uh, rules until you make his enemies a footstool for his feet. And uh, If we trust in him, uh, we are righteous in him and our sins are forgiven and uh, we have uh, access uh, to you uh, through him, our, our great high priest. And we can look forward to his uh, coming because uh, he's going to uh, come again uh, soon. Uh, we can wait uh, patiently for him uh, knowing that he will come to uh, finally uh, save us uh, to to the uttermost and and we will rule and reign with him uh, in your presence in your kingdom uh, forevermore and so we thank you uh, for these things and that they, they all uh, begin in the, the book of Genesis and we pray that uh, you would receive all uh, all glory and honor and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.